Hey. Alright, look so at those red lines. That means we're recording. The practice. And this is how we're staying in. This is this is staying in the episode. Yeah. Alright. So this I'm is how we gonna... open the episode. <laughs> These are bits. So, such good bits! If you don't know what a bit is, yeah, you shouldn't other, be listening to this. Yeah, someone the other day asked me what a bit was, and I really had a hard time trying to explain to them what it meant. I was just like, it's a joke, and they are like, what do why you mean? Why do you call it that? Yeah, like, why do you call it a joke then? I was like, well, it's... it's Shut up! <laughs> don't, Mum. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Mum, why are you calling me? Alright. Yep, go. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna fly into it. Hell yeah. I'm just gonna fucking punch through <clears throat> I was right in the mic. That was good. Alright, intro playing. The intro's already played, man. That was ages ago. Hello! Everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Pressing Issues. This is the comic book podcast that takes two comics of a uniting... Ugh, no, fuck that! you got to say, this is Pressing Issues with Joe and Rowan as well. Sorry. That's alright. Try again. Alright. <clears throat> this is all staying in, by the way. Yeah, I know, I know. Hello everyone! Hi everyone! <laughs> Welcome to Pressing Issues with Joe and Rowan. This is the comic book podcast that takes two comics of a similar theme and smashes them together to see which one, like a pimple, comes out on top. Yeah, you gotta smash it like a pimple. Yeah. I'm Rowan! And I'm Joe. And welcome to our third, third episode. Um, we've done three of the... Well, we've done two of these so far. And we're figuring it out. This is As number three, go. baby. Get into it. Get into it. Thank you for coming along with us so far. Yeah. Um, we'll admit, last episode, bit rocky. Yeah. Little what? rocky. I had COVID. Well, I was not, off. <laughs> not during it. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. It's a... Uh... It's a living. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> but um, so this is the kind of the finale of our first segment of our first segment. Uh, if that made sense, that's comic that's books, comic baby. Book, yeah, <laughs> I was about to say if it's overcomplicated, and don't worry it's, about yeah, it. Soon we'll 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 split off into different multiverses soon as well, and yeah. they'll be like, and then you'd be like, fuck this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out until we reboot. <laughs> And pull it all back together again. Prior to just recording this, I told uh, Joe that I was going to drop the language a little bit. <laughs> Two and a half minutes into it, <laughs> already dropped an F bomb. Sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, our first little uh, mini series was entries and introductions, and we've been covering DC entries and comics. origin points. Entries and origin points. It's on the poster. No, origins and entry points. Origins Fuck and me. entry points. It's on the poster. Um, and hey, how good's that poster? Oh, mate, you'll have seen it plenty of times. You'll have seen it. You've seen it rinsed on social media, but <laughs> I only just made it a couple of days before this recording. Anyway, uh, so we've covered we've covered your boy Superman. We've covered your girl Wonder Woman. But who's now- next? Who's left? That's it, isn't yeah. it? I'm pretty sure that. Oh, oh it's Batman! <laughs> That's right, everyone. We're doing Batman. We're doing the Cape Crusader himself. The star of the recent TV, television, <laughs> cinema movie, The Batman. Did you see it in a cinema or did you see it at home? No, I saw it in the cinema. Yeah. Just by myself. Did I, on your own? Yeah, I love a self-movie. Oh, I love a self-movie. Yeah, Constantly. Yeah. I took I took my girlfriend and <laughs> she was confused. <laughs> she doesn't love comic books <laughs> or comic book movies. <laughs> but she decided that the three-hour... Batman reboot was the one that she was like, you know what? This one I'll check out. Look, 
Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, kind of speaks for itself. Um, it's fine. We'll get into that another time. Patreon exclusive tier fuck content. Fuck you. God damn it. Uh, anyway. I'm not doing a Patreon. Um, <laughs> Batman, if you don't know about Batman, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Why are you listening to this? <laughs> Actually, that's a good... No, that's a good question. Do you think that he is the most recognisable... Absolutely. He's, he's like, as much a part of the pop culture lexicon as Mickey Mouse, I would say. Over Superman? Yep. Yep. And over Spider-Man? Hard to say nowadays. Yeah. But, yes, still, I think. Mm. At at least for our generation. But even, like, previously, because I think about, you know, the story about the 89... Batman movie, the Burton movie. Mm. And I know I'm the one that always just brings up the movies and it's a comic book podcast and I know, but I want to talk about the movies. Sorry, but anyway. I'm not mad about the, it. Uh, that Go off, movie... Thank you. Um, famously, its publicity was... How it got announced was it was Nicholson, Keaton, and then the yellow bat symbol and mm. the date. And that was it. Yeah, And that was enough... You know, especially this is 89, so, like, it's it's hard to imagine that even from that, like, at that point, we'd only had the Adam Wests, um, we'd had a couple of, you know, the uh, the animated series actually hadn't no, even no, come out yet. yet. No, that was a response to the movie, I believe. Yeah, and so just the fact that it had all this, like, cultural recognition, even back then, that yeah. has only grown. Oh, yeah, that and, was the turning point, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And then he released... Batman Returns, and everyone was like, ah! Scary. <laughs> Frightening. Hey, it had the penguin in it, though. Yeah, I haven't seen... I've only seen Batman 89. I have not seen those following three movies, which I know I should. And they're all connected. Yeah. Hey. Like the multiverse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, crazy. so we're talking about Batman. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a famous character. Uh, I don't really know what to say. Like, You should know. Yeah. His parents were killed in Crime Alley. Were they? Yeah, when he came out of watching the Mask of Zorro. D- did they get shot in an alley? Oh my god, is that, is that a spoiler? This is a, no, this is exclusive. This is an exclusive. Oh, <laughs> I thought I was spoiling the plot of, ba- of Batman. <laughs> of Batman. The overarching mythos, plot mythos that hasn't yeah. permeated culture at all. So he arrived in Detective Comics... 27. 27. You know, Detective Comics, that's what DC... Started as he was a man. Yeah, Detective Comics Comics. Yeah. It works. Think yeah. about it. Yeah, don't worry. But he was just a man who, you know, at that point, everyone had superpowers. Everyone had, you know, could fly. And he was a man that their big thing was he was a detective, but you couldn't be a detective. You had to be a detective with a thing. Yeah. And his thing was bats. Yeah. And his, and here we are, you know, 80 He's a years, billion dollar franchise. 85 years later and it's billions of dollars. Yeah. We've had five iterations of it in the last 20 years, and on screen, we, you know, it ebbs and flows in the comics, and yeah, and also just got countless um, animated as well. Good every year, varying qualities, mostly good, I would say. Mostly good, but every year they're like, this person's coming back and doing another one. Like Bruce Tim's coming back with J.J. Abrams to do one. Uh, I think it's out. The on... first bit I liked. The second bit I did not care for. <laughs> Not a JJ fan, huh? No. <laughs> no. Um, so they're doing that, but it's so weird. I'm trying... I think I always try to wrap my head around what about him people decided to just not only latch onto, but just like like 
vehemently latch on to. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. He shouldn't, like, he shouldn't be as popular as, as he is. I think it's kind of those, one of those cases of, like, lightning in a bottle. Mm. Where, yeah, like, the elements are there. Like, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a rich guy and people love rich people. But everything, but everything about him is not relatable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. He's a a boy born into exorbitant wealth. I think it's a kind of a bit of everything. Yeah, it's that. It's Gotham. It's uh, it's kind of the trappings of it. Especially in the last like thirty years, it's kind of evolved to be much more, at least popularly known as gothic and kind of dark and edgy. Mm. And that, but I think that's the thing as well is that it. It has always maintained or been able to kind of represent whatever the culture was going through. Mm. So in the 60s, he was psychedelic. He was crazy and weird and... Yeah, that's a good show. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, he was campy. It's crazy, though. Yeah, and it's (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) And then, you know, the comic we're talking about today was an incredibly um, dark period of time in terms of... yeah. Just how in people general, felt, and then Ronald Reagan times. Yeah, and so he kind of was able to come in and just bounce off. He he was somehow able to exist in whatever category the culture decided to put him in at that moment. Yeah. But, but my thing, and we'll get into this because this is this is kind of my like leading thought. This whole thing is that he's now because of this comic, he's been stuck there. Yeah, and he's that, not this as is, malleable. No, he's not. No, I wouldn't say he's even malleable at all now. Oh no, but I think he like this had this comic had such an effect and such an impact, and still does, and still does to the point where the latest movie frustratingly says that it's a direct reference on it. Which sure, I guess. If only you could hear my eyes roll just then. <laughs> um, that movie's good though. It's fine. Um... <laughs> Remember a couple of episodes ago where you told me Man of Steel wasn't a Superman movie? No, that ba- was the ba- what? Batman vs. No, no, you said Man of Steel. I said, what about Man of Steel? You said, that's not a Superman movie. And I thought it was the craziest thing you've said. <laughs> it's a discussion for Patreon exclusive content. Don't give it away! <laughs> anyway, so the two comics we're going to look at today is... One of them is the, yeah, as we said, the Ur Batman yeah, text. Yeah, it's the Ur Batman text. It is <laughs> Frank Miller's Year One. Frank Miller and others, including yes. David Mazzucchelli, who is one of those artists who has, rules! <laughs> has a tiny, tiny portfolio, but <laughs> every More time bangers. he does comics, everyone's like, well, <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> this we can't it. do it. We can't do that. Uh, colors by Richmond Lewis and Todd Klein, letterers, who's uh, another industry legend and does some really good work on this as well. Mm. Uh, and the other comic? We're doing Jeff John's Earth One, his 2012 um, Elseworlds kind of story. Yeah, it's like a reboot. It's, but... but it wasn't because it was out of continuity yeah. and it was his kind of... Yeah, we'll get into it, I guess, but like... If you was... can't tell, we have some thoughts. Oh, I got some... <laughs> Thoughts. Uh, that um, has Gary Frank on art. Uh, another kind of industry, not legend, but he's been around. Uh, Jonathan, extremely prolific. Yeah, Jonathan Sabol on inks, Brad Anderson on color, and Rob Lee on letters. Wonderful. Those oh. uh, comics. Oh, Frank Miller one was nineteen eighty six. I think we said Jeff Johns. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Twenty. I think it was twenty eleven or twenty twelve. Yeah. I read it in twenty twelve. Uh, in, in, in the like height of my, I bought everything. Oh yeah. And that I was a uh, new fifty two baby. That was new fifty two time, but that was. It's a separate thing. This thing came out. This thing was so. Um, all of Jeff Johns kind of like Elseworlds things get such major hype, and they all suck. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Jeff Johns, um, bad writer. Whoa, straight off the top, you go, you you do it. Do you want to start? <laughs> Occasionally, should we, good should we start with Earth One? Uh, no, we've got to keep tradition. All right, we're going to keep tradition. All right, well then, let's talk about <clears throat> this one. This is Batman Year One. Batman Year One. So it's interesting what you said about the that the movie, the Matt Reeves recent movie, um, directly references this because I think, and you know, it's it's obvious that that influence is there, but for me, if you go back to um, Nolan's Batman Begins. Oh, there's way more there. It's, it's, That's it's just totally taken whole cloth. From absolutely, the because Batman this this comic book has been attempted to be. Um, uh, uh, what's the word? Cinematic. Adapted. Jesus, huh. it's been a long. <laughs> it's been a long day. I apologize, but it's been Hollywood's been attempting to adapt this for ages, and so this was going to be pre Nolan. This was it was going to be this. I think um, it just went through, it like cycled through directors and writers until Nolan got it and his idea was like, yeah, we do year one, but we do it with some other stuff. And like, and it's weird that everyone's now taking the Batman as this kind of like perfect year one adaptation when it's not, it's, it's not, it takes, in my opinion, all of the wrong lessons from this oh i don't want to talk about the batman like that right now we're talking about you one okay let's talk about you one <laughs> but fair enough wow it, it you has... absolutely smashed the table <laughs> but joe, yeah joe has a point and that it uh, it's such a massive text in terms of how much you can dig into it and how much of an effect it's had that it it kind of has been Maybe not misinterpreted, but interpreted in a lot of different ways. It's broken the Batman. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's broken him as a character, I think. Because I don't think he's ever been able to get out of this. And it's kind of the first really truly cinematic Batman. Mm. Or, I mean, The Dark Knight Returns came out before this, which is the other Frank Miller book that broke the Batman. <laughs> yeah. He is definitely responsible for doing it. But I think, like, post this... the. You know, he had a rough 90s, but everyone had a rough 90s. I mean, every... Not just Batman. Comics in general were like... They saw this and they saw The Dark Knight Returns and they're like, man, we got to do that. That's yeah. cool. It just had this... Over, like, the wave of its impact was in, was incredible. And I think, like, to kind of kick us off, I want to... And why I have these kind of thoughts about it... I'm going to read something and then I'm going to go into an extended rant about it. Should we talk about the origins of this comic first. Yes, you do that first. So, like the last two episodes, this is uh, coming out of the DC reboot Crisis on Infinite Earths, similar to Wonder Woman, Gods and Mortals, and Superman, The Man of Steel. Um, except... we'll, tack- we'll tackle Crisis one day. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But... I think we will. <laughs> but uh, this is such a such a shift from those two comics. Mm. And, yeah, absolutely set the bar for Batman going forward and kind of superheroes for at least the next decade almost directly. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, this is uh, Frank Miller, who just done another kind of Batman-defining work in The Dark Knight Returns, and kind of wanted to do the flip side of that, where that was a grizzled old Batman in his, like, 50s, and this is Batman fresh out of the bat womb. <laughs> just let that sit for a while. <laughs> just, let that, just let that one sit. And yeah. Jim Gordon. Yeah, and that's, and that's what important. I think. It's extremely important, and I think what a lot of people, you know, whenever they... Whenever I... I don't want to sound like a snob. Go off. Whenever people talk about this comic, I'm always just like... They're like, yeah, this is Batman text. And I'm like, yeah, well, mostly a Jim Gordon text. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. There's more... <clears throat> in terms, like... I don't love Frank Miller. He's, however. He's problematic. He's a problematic man. Actually, that's... Jesus, that's going to be a theme in this podcast, isn't it? We're going to talk about a writer and then be like, and by the way, they also kind of suck. It's okay. Um, you can separate the text. Yes, you can. I believe in you, listener. Thank you. Yeah, you do whatever you feel you need to do. And Joe. Thank you. Um, but I think him as a writer, is he's, he's, he's smart. He is. And he knows the best way into this character that is basically unknowable. Because he is. He's a crazy... Like, Bruce Wayne is an insane person. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's a lunatic. And that's... That's kind of the best way to put him, I think. Absolutely. And the only way in is through his counterpart. Mm. Through someone who is dealing with the same issues in terms of trying to battle Gotham as he is. But he has to do it within the system. And he has, he's a normal person who's yeah. not fucking crazy. Yeah. And... That's the best way, and like, just that is a masterstroke, and I think that is what made this catapult. I think this is what made it kind of really stand out above those two, like the the Man of Steel and um, Gods and Mortals. Yeah, I think all three of these comics that we've been talking about post Crisis, their whole thing was like at the heart of it. Who is this? Who is this character? And this is the only comic that takes that question and goes. We don't know. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's what I think is the genius thing about it. Like, yeah. um, And that's why I think it is maintained. And that's why I think, like, it becomes this... I think it's why it's this ur-text. And we're going to use that a lot. It is this, it is this ur-text, ur-text because it doesn't actually try to grapple with his, um, his motivations or his kind of psychological... It doesn't go on Bruce too psychologically yeah. deep. So you can kind of imprint whatever you think you want Bruce to be onto it. And especially if you're going to use it to then like further adapt, you can take this as just like an aesthetic that you like. It's, you know, the style, like this idea of a, a tactile Batman who's you know, like, it has all this stuff there without getting so muddied into the, like, for example, like the Wonder Woman one. Without getting so muddied into the, you know, the... Um, the law. The law. Yeah. And the myth about it all. Yeah. Because this one is about myth creation. Yeah, and interestingly, compared to Superman and Wonder Woman, who are two superpowered characters, you get less about Batman and it makes him feel more mythic and kind totally. of godlike. Yeah, absolutely. Um so, yeah, Jim Gordon's your entry point character. He's your kind of POV. He's your every man. Yeah. He's your every, every, every man cop who can just take down people. He's great. He's, he's so good. He's good in this one. He's a good Jim. 
yeah. We'll talk about bad gym. Not about bad gym in a minute. Um, he except for the time that he's bad in this, but that's okay. Everyone's human. But he's... that's and that's it. it. These are like every foible he makes is a human one. Yeah, and you're it's... like, oh, that's okay. I get, I get it, Jim. And you're feeling it because it's the pressures of the everything around him, like pushing him to that point. Yeah. And Whereas it, ev- the Jim no, Gordon in the other one is, again, a, a lunatic. Everyone in that comic is. Well, I'll talk about I'll it. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Um, but yeah, what else, like... So let's run through the plot of this one. It's it's relatively simple. There's, there's not a lot of, like, concrete plot, really. No. It's mainly, like, Jim kind of transfers to Gotham. His wife's pregnant. So he's trying to just do his best, keep his head down, not cause too much trouble, but also do the right thing. He's been... So, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's been transferred to Gotham because he caused trouble in his previous... Like, this is a punishment, isn't it? Is it? I didn't... I didn't get that on my I read, thought it, but it's I thought possible. It might, I thought it might have been. But, um... It kind of makes sense. Gotham sucks. Gotham does... Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. All of these comics, all of these movies... I just, it's wild that you look at that and just think, like, why are people moving to Gotham? <laughs> Metropolis is just over there. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Why don't you <laughs> it's cool. Metropolis? Yeah, but you look at like the house like... prices, like, so expensive <laughs> in Metropolis, and they're just absolutely crashing here in Gotham. They're like, I don't know, man, you can't argue with it. Like, I mean, <laughs> Sydney 2022. True. Um... <laughs> um, but, but this Gotham has such a mood about it as well. Everything. And especially you get that through Jim's internal narration that this city is so oppressive on him and he's constantly fighting to be a a good dude where the cops are kind of pressing down on him. The, like, actual structure of the city. I think there's, like, there's a line at the start where he's, he's driving in and he's like, oh, I had my... I told my wife to catch a plane in. Because this city is despicable. Yeah. Which is great. And he's... Yeah. And it's just, like, this horrible... uh, Like, Gotham in this is just basically uh, styled from a New York Scorsese movie. Like... Yeah. It's 70s Scorsese. Just... It's just grimy. It's gross. It's just... And it's smart, considering the time that this came out. 1986. Mm. People would have been like, oh, yeah, this is movies, but it's a comic book. But it's also the life I live. <laughs> yeah. That's what would have been tough. Um, and then, yeah, so from there we just see Gordon kind of trying his best to maintain his moral integrity whilst also having to be within this system. And I think it's something that, like, he gets so right is that he doesn't narc on anyone. He doesn't, like, flass and everyone... Mm. He watches them take bribes, and he's he's not taking any bribes himself. But, but he's, he's like taking he's, notes. He's taking notes, yeah. but he knows that like he knows that causing a scene is not going to work. Yeah, because he's he's a realist. He gets it. He yeah. understands. And you can see him kind of churn through it in his internal monologue, which I think is so good. And the way Todd Klein's lettering is really good here, mm. especially between Jim Gordon's dialogue and. Uh, Bruce's. Yeah. That um, Jim Gordon's has this kind of like pen on a yellowed note paper, like just scrolling down notes as you're in the scene. It looks like, like it's been torn out of a notepad. Whereas you look at Bruce's and it's like beautiful, ornate handwriting in a diary. Yeah. Which 
already like illustrates the difference. Makes it easier for readers to kind of grasp onto two separate characters and gives them a kind of status difference, I suppose. Totally, and also there's the there is a certain um, uh, Jesus, I can't think to that. That's all right. Um, no nagging on this show. <laughs> no nagging. You're great. Thank you. You're Don't great. Worry. Hey. Um, but everything Gordon says is kind of now and it's very factual and it's very like yeah uh and then everything bruce says is this eloquent like yeah. pontificating about it's sick <laughs> about the like the nature of man and the yeah. city that he grew up in and how it's changed and how he is here to like you know like oh so and having those two sit next to each other works really well i think you get that insanely purple text of bruce's well that's what like the funniest thing is you know, I'm just looking at a page now, is that Gordon just says one, in an airplane from above, you'd see all you'd see are the streets and the buildings. That's it. And the next one, from here, it's clean shafts of concrete and snowy rooftops, the work of men who died generations ago. From here, it looks like an achievement. I'm like, Jesus Slavery. Christ. <laughs> Fuck you. <yeah. laughs> Fucking lunatic. <laughs> um, I think a good point as well in this first issue of the comic is that Bruce doesn't get in costume the whole time. He's figuring it out. Yeah, that's his whole thing. Is he comes back, he's spent the last 10 years or something out training, you know, around the world doing, again, a scene that we just see so well in Nolan's Batman Begins. I love that movie. Yeah, it's like, a good movie. He's out there, he's training, he's figuring it out, but he comes back because he needs to be here because he knows he, what, what he needs to do. He doesn't know how to do it. And so he's there. Here's one. Here's a thing. He kicks trees down. Which I think is cool. Yeah, it's a cool scene. It's very <laughs> like... It's kicking a tree down. It's, it feels like it has that kind of silhouetted look, which is very like 80s martial arts exploitation. Yeah. Oh, It's great. Mazzagelli. Oh, God. I could Chef's talk. Kiss. He gets so... like the mo- His movement in this... It's great. It looks incredible. And then also when you get into the like... The later in the comic book when it's... Um, you know, you're getting into the Gotham night and it's this kind of almost abstract watercolour brushes mm. of of not <clears throat> great, like these... It's oh, it's just genuinely incredible. That's that's colouring from Richmond Lewis. That's It's amazing. Like It's insane. Yeah. It's truly, like, it's this is one of the best looking comics you will ever read. Yeah, and that kind of... Like, it's not digital colouring, but that painterly... I get, Yeah, I guess it's, like, watercolour, so it's painterly. Gives it a kind of timelessness. Mm. Where it's not the kind of just block colouring of, like, the 40s, but it's not the kind of super high-quality colouring of now. Mm. It is a very... It feels like... It's textured. It's crafted. Yeah. It looks incredible. Yeah. So, anyway, basically, to kind of to kind of speed through the plot, because we, we can't talk about the plot. Yeah, we'll get bogged down We'll get bogged this. down. Yeah. It's, you know... Jim Gordon's trying to figure out how to exist in the Gotham Police and still do his job. Okay. Batman's trying to ha- figure out how to have any kind of impact. He's someone. just a man. He's just one man. One. One. one but what if he was one Batman? That's the thing. That's the thing. Yes, father. Yes, father. He shall become a bat. See, this, and that's this comic. That's, that's, that's this what did comic. It. That's how profound it is. And what's even more funnier about it, about that moment, it's like half of a um, page. Yeah. Like, it's only half a page. It's the bat coming in, his eyes above them, 
and then it flies around, it lands on the statue of Thomas Thomas Wayne's. <laughs> it's head. kind of funny if you really look at it. It's totally like it's it's it is a one of those elements because he's all like he's all banged up and he's all thing that you can look at this and be like that didn't happen. Yeah. Like you have like you have thought this. Yeah. 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 Like at no you, point you when just I was, piece this together in your head. Yeah. At convenience. No, at no point in this little bit do I think like that actually happened. Yeah, that's fair. Just because I think it's it's the and his his calmness about it. He says, "Yes, father, I shall become a bat," and that's it. That's the whole. That's the and that's the end of that issue. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then basically the next, the the rest of the series is Gordon trying to figure out, and he's slowly rising up in the ranks, mm. and slowly taking down the corrupt cops and the corrupt everything yeah and then batman start batman begins yeah and i I think uh sorry you go no you no rowan you go thanks dad um i thought cohen was dad (laughs) cohen is dad where uh we're off the leash yeah we're off the leash tonight cohen's gone yeah um he said he hit record and left things can get wild they won't things get freaky uh but anyway this comic kind of like, I'm all for superheroics and stuff. I love that shit. But I, smartly, I think it doesn't include any big-name villains to try and sell this. This is this is Batman fighting the system. Yeah. Fighting corrupt cops. And also, like, famously, the first time you see him in costume in this comic book, he gets the shit kicked out of him by a bunch of guys stealing TVs. Yeah, but not too much. No, but he's like he doesn't do well. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like which is something that I think Earth One doesn't grasp very well. No, we'll it, talk it, about it that. takes it to the Earth One takes the wrong lessons from this comic. Yes, but we'll get into it big time. Um, but there are other characters here that are notable, including one Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle is Falcone, Falcone, sorry as well. Yeah, he's in it a little bit. Yeah, uh, but on Selena a little bit, I know they're has been a lot of talk in the past about how she's portrayed and how a lot of Frank Miller's female characters are often not great. Mm. And the fact that she's a sex worker in this, I think has irritated people in the past, but I don't think it's a negative portrayal in this. Um, I think it's fine. I think it's just in the context of Frank Miller's body of work, it becomes problematic. I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that. No, totally. I don't think it's anything... Like, I just think he doesn't like women. Yeah. But but she's got agency here. Like, she's she's fun. Like, yeah. She has her own kind of little support group of women that she looks after. And there's great cool. correlation between, you know, one of the things that everyone at Infinite has always touched on is that Batman creates his own... Villains. Villains. And there's a great bit in here where because he is dressing up as a bat and running around... Yeah. Selena goes, well, I'm going to dress up as a cat then. Fuck it. Yeah, and it's 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 as simple as that. There's no grand origin. She's like, I'm a cat burglar, so yeah. I'm going to be a cat. Yeah, it's good. It's great. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at my you notes. notes. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, sorry, there is, a, there is a tactility to this mm. that I really enjoy. Um, and for me, it's the stuff that you know, in his grand entrance when he decides to announce himself to the mob bosses in the Ah, the people. gentleman. 
the you gentleman. Eaten well. Yes. Mm. But even better than that is you. The first, the few panels before that, you watch him He's setting, setting up, up lights. Yeah, it's great. And it's I, so good. I had this as well, where it's like he may not have it all figured out, but you can see the process of him being like, "All right, well, if I kick this person the right way, then that's going to do that." But it, it, like, it doesn't delve into that too much. But it gives you just, just enough. enough. Just enough to show that he's learning and that he's figuring it out and that he does have... He doesn't know what he wants to do without, like, going so into it that he has to think and be like, oh, it's everything I'm doing. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, it's very... I think tactile is a good word for it. I had militaristic, but I don't think it's quite that. It's like strategy at play, and you can... You can see his brain ticking, but there's still a mythic quality to it. Yeah. It's... It's good. It's good. Like that's <laughs> no, but this is so. It, this comic is so hard to talk about because. So I was dreading reading it again because I haven't read it for. I haven't read it in ten years. Yeah, easily. And then all I've heard about it is, it became. It became this this go to thing. So this is what I actually. This is what I want to get into. Mm. So Batman. <laughs> I'm joking. You know. <laughs> you, know you know the man who dressed no, up to the bat. But like. Whenever you hear people talk about... So this is going to touch on a bit of, you know, toxic fan culture. Mm. Which I think we've got to admit as well, when it comes to this character, Ooh. probably some of the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if ever there has been an overly protected fan, but maybe Star Wars. <laughs> like, fan. yeah. Yeah, look at, like, people who... Not a lot of people genuinely like Superman. People who genuinely like Superman are... Chads. Yeah, I've never met... I've never seen online... <laughs> I love Superman. ...someone militantly defending... Superman. Superman. Or, or, or by by threatening... Yeah. Or by claiming... I mean... So this is... No, but this is the thing it's we're going to... not as rampant as Batman. Totally. But this is the thing we're going to have to grapple with as, like, a comic book podcast. Is that in the last 15 years, these things have become extremely different. Like, these are warped things now yeah in terms of how people respond to them and how people claim ownership of them yeah just the ex- extreme onlineness of fandom. yeah absolutely and for batman that ownership extends a, so often to these angry young white men yeah who are extremely vocal and what has This is what I was trying to explain to Rebecca post three-hour Batman movie when she looked at me and said, I don't fucking care. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) every time this character gets readapted, you hear the same, like, three comics get cited. Yeah. It's this, it's Dark Knight Returns, and it's Long Halloween. Although they swapped this one, Dark Knight Returns, for Batman Ego. Yes. That was an interesting one, because I was like, hey, at least that's something different. Yeah. But this is what I wanted to kind of, like, talk about. Um, while, like... Because term- he is a character that permeates... Yes. ...pop culture so thoroughly. So thoroughly. And what Frank Miller wrote about it in the... And what I think has become now a very damaging like element to the character Mm. and to his portrayal of it and to what people kind of think about him is in the beginning of this of year one frank miller has this intro that he wrote i think a year after yeah this came out checking when the date on that was it was 88 yeah 
specifically in Los Angeles. Well, yeah, well, like, so, like, as <laughs> much as much as I think Gotham is Los, Los, is New York, it's also, like, elements of, you know, a pre-gentrified LA. Yeah, that's true, that's a good point. Um, I'm just gonna find it. Hold on, hold on. I'm vamping. Uh, Vamp. Batman, he's a man that dresses up as a bat, he's a rich guy, money is power, capitalism sucks. Oh, so here it is. It's, it's... <laughs> Go on. He just says, for me, Batman was never funny. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's and the that's nail it. in the coffin. That is the just, that is the absolute, like, and it's, it's so funny because then it's, you know, he talks about... A shadow fell across me from above. Wings flapped, close by, and almost silent. Glistening wet, black against the blackened sky. A monster, a giant, winged gargoyle, hunched forward, pausing at a building's ledge, and cocked its head, following the last last seconds. Moonlight glanced across its back, across its massive shoulders, down its craned, cabled neck, across its skull, striking a triangle to a one-pointed bat's ear. What I find so (laughs) fascinating about that is that it feels like that's in direct competition to have the portrayal of Batman in this comic. Yeah. Because what he writes about there, this idea of this mythic quality of this creature, and then you read the comic and it's all about his tactile human nature. Yeah. And the fact that he is... It's about humans. Humans. But, like, Batman was never funny is... Probably the most damaging line it is, that, uh, that, 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 that an affluent writer has ever written about that character. And a, a writer who has the arguably definitive take, but it's kind of, it's a line that makes a character who was previously very malleable. Cement. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. So that's why, like, you know, this is a long, this is a, a bigger discussion, but why I didn't like the Batman fucking soon. Tomatoes. Um, what? Like, we're throwing tomatoes at you. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit. But it felt to me like the most obvious choices that could have been made about that character. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think where I'm at now, in terms of what I want from a... And they don't fucking owe me anything. I don't... No, like, I'm not trying to get into that kind of shit. Mm. But, like... You know, like, a, you know how Grant Morrison was just like, what if he was psychedelic again? Yeah. What if he went, like, into his head and became this knight of um, Zoranar? Like, what, even, like, building off that, their take was kind of like, what if all those versions of Batman, the Adam West, yeah. all of them, what if they were all just one dude? Yeah. Going through... Which, I, that that is breaking the Frank Miller mold, but that's something we'll talk about at some point. Totally, but I love that, and I but I love that, like, it took a writer as kind of prolific as Morrison to be like, no, no, like... It's all good. Every... You have to acknowledge the character's history. Yeah. You have to look back and think that he had a wildly, like, crazy 60s. Yeah. And that, like... In the 70s and the 80s, he was going to space and he was doing all this crazy shit with the Justice League and all that kind of stuff. And then, like, whenever you see these movies and they're like, yeah, this is it. This is the real Batman. I'm like, what does that mean? There is no real Batman. There is no... One, he's he's a fictional character. (laughs) And you drive me insane, person on the internet. But also, like, by just narrowing him down to these three-ish... These three comic books that are... Yeah, they're good. Like, I like Long Halloween they're, a technically lot. Technically, they're very good comic books. They're very good comic books. But, like, why ignore 
80 years of history and yeah. 80 years of like story. And Robin. And oh, <laughs> put Robin in a goddamn fucking movie. If they, I think they can do it with with Robo Pato. I think he has that quality to bounce off a of Robin, but we'll see. It just seems like the only problem though is that like that you know that 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 version is so dark and gritty. So like there'll be no. He listens to Nirvana in the back cave. Yeah, that song sick. plays twice. Yeah, it rules. Oh. <laughs> it's just I'm so frustrated because that is like me not enjoying that movie is the most annoyingly me take. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I hate it about myself. It's very annoying. I love the Batman. I was hooting and hollering by the end of it when they played that Nirvana song. You did like, message. Hell yeah. You messaged me saying I was hooting and hollering. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, but anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about. Like that, I think, I think as I point. think that as much as this is a really, really fantastic comic, that has done a lot and that was that came that came at a time that you know they needed it to come. It has had an overwhelmingly. I'm mean, not going to say negative effect, but it's had an overwhelmingly it's an effect effect on like a the character. Yeah, on the character at large, and it's it's something that I don't think we're ever going to get out the other side of. And I think like. So my other, uh, like, frustratingly me take... Shoot. ...is that I actually would have preferred whatever, like, goofy thing Affleck was going to come up with in terms of his own solo Batman. That is a spicy take. It's the dumbest take I think I've had in a while. I'm intrigued, <laughs> but I don't think but I agree like, with it's you. Completely, it's completely baseless, and it has absolutely no bearing in yeah, reality, because yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, never yeah. know. It could have been also Man, deep shit. He didn't want like, to do it. He did not want to do it. But, yeah, anyway, so that's, that's my take on on this comic no i think that's that's a i'm really glad you brought that up because this is such a not even just important batman comic but such an important comic Mm -hmm. not even just in comics yeah as you said it's influenced batman like it's probably influenced superhero films for the 90s and early aughts as well to an extent yeah like um, well not really because this came out and then they they had like you know, the reason they're so scared to go goofy with Batman in movies that we had those two Schumacher movies. Yeah, I suppose. But which... that that was because of this comic, I think. You reckon? That those movies were like, we got to double down on being gritty. No, no, the Schumacher. Oh, yeah. No, those are good movies. So <laughs> yeah, I've been told. Yeah, no, they're fun. Yeah. Um. Anyway. No, I, I was thinking more like X-Men and Blade and stuff. Totally. Absolutely. Um, That's a good point as well. But anyway. Question. Did Miller write this before Daredevil or after? After. This is after Daredevil. Yeah, this is Daredevil, uh, Frank Miller, the author of this comic. Yeah. So he had a big prolific run of Marvel's Daredevil, which was basically him coming to popularity. Yeah. And then DC saw him and they were like, hey, come here. Do some Batman. Yeah, it is funny, isn't it? Like, I guess because... If you looked at that from how Batman is now, in your head you would flip it. That they would see the Batman comics and be like, yeah, we want to make Daredevil a little more like that. Mm. But this was like the... Op- like He made this kind of like gritty, guilt-ridden <laughs> Catholic yeah. superhero. But that, that character is a lot more human. Totally. But then... But it's so interesting that DC looked at that and were like, 
you're the man to you're the batman you're the batman yeah um the bat hyphen man yeah anyway what else you got to say about this um, comic book it's very good uh despite all that like that was an important discussion but it's it's a good comic no and that's what I, like that's what i wanted to like really make sure that i get across is that i don't not like this comic yeah but i think you can't you can't wrestle with Batman without wrestling with the effect that this thing has had. Yeah. No, and I think it was good to talk about that because this comic has kind of been talked to death. Like, it's mm. very good. Every part of it is very good. Frankly, frankly, Frank Miller's writing is good. <laughs> yeah. David Mazzucchelli, uh, tour de force. Like, this guy doesn't draw a ripped to shreds Batman. This is kind of like a very... It feels like a combination of, like, pulp, like, the shadow kind of heroes. But uh, with that kind of Scorsese filter mm. over the top of it, I think. It's just not, like, because also, at the end of my edition of Year One, I've also got the kind of, like, graphic, um, the... Doug like, Yeah, like, he's, like, little afterward. Um, and it's fantastic, because he talks about... Definitely check it out if you haven't. Listen. And actually, this is actually a good point, and this is how, I'm, if you're ready to go, I'm going to use this point to... Shoot off. To shoot off onto the new one. Yeah, let's go. Okay. So, um, in his thing, he talks about this idea of superheroes. This idea that, like, um, he said Superman is a perfect expression of childhood desires. Like, a child kind of sees people doing good, wants to do good. Mm. And then he said... He said, as a boy, I assumed that heroes, super or not, were good guys because they were good guys. That's it. Inherent, they were just inherently good people. Mm. Batman's origin, though, has always hinged on circumstance. No murder, no Batman. He says that like, the core tenet's been challenged, but never really overturned. Except in this fucking comic. Batman Earth 1, baby. Batman Earth 1. Baby. When I was doing research for what Batman comics were going to do, there's not a whole lot of Batman origin retellings in comics. No, he's weirdly one that has just managed to coast through. Because people know Batman. Yeah, he was like famously the one in New 52 that didn't get a new origin story. Yeah. That they just let Scott Snyder... Scott Snyder was like, I'm doing something here. And they're like... <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay. And yeah, yeah, I think building off what we said earlier, he has already permeated culture so thoroughly. And also, Year One was such a big text that people were like, no, we, we can't beat that. Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> They, they couldn't. They can't. <laughs> they can't. Um, yeah. So that's. But then you know, if ever there was going to be a writer who comes up deciding, mm, no, I can do a definitive <laughs> Batman text. It's freaking. It's Jeffy Johns. So do you want to talk about him? Or do you want me to talk about you him? Talk about him. Jeff Johns is the kind of house DC writer that looks at something that was fun and camp in the 80s or 90s and is like, whoa, what if that had a serious origin behind it, though? What if what if we made that real? What if that had a rebirth? <laughs> he's he has three things rebirth. He's this, he's this writer who takes... Uh, I, don't, I don't know, it's hard to say. He has this kind of pretense of, oh, yeah, I love superheroes, but undercuts it with this, like, oh, yeah, but superheroes kind of silly, though. Yeah, it's... It's so funny because he's like, he was definitely kind of a bit of my gateway into um, 
superhero comics. Yeah, well, he was the he was the first person that I think I read and I understand and I kind of began to recognize his writing. Yeah, and I began he to has recognize a very, his things. He's got a strong voice, yeah. for better or worse. Absolutely. Um, but I I don't think I can really understate how excited I was for this comic. Right. Because I had I had been oh geez at that point I'd been reading comics like a year. Mm. I was so deep in them, and then DC were like, "Well, just for you, we'll do you another Batman." By Jeff Johns. By Jeff Johns. And I was like, well, what the shit? That sounds great. <laughs> this is the Sign guy... Sign me the fuck up. Jeff Johns is the guy who, in the relaunch of Justice League in the New 52, got Green Lantern to say to Batman, oh, what's your superpower? Bats? Oh, what? You're just human? That's crazy. Yeah. So that's the kind of energy that he's bringing to this book. It's funny, though, because, like, I think... And this is this would be an interesting kind of, like... Um, look at how writers tackle... I think Batman's easy to write in a group. Theoretically. <laughs> no, totally. But then he's hard to write solo. Right. Because when you write Batman in a group, he's surly. Yeah. That's that's it. You just need him to do that. Yeah. And it's fantastic. You like, need him to go... Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> you need him to grunt and to, like... And he can smile. That's he okay. can smile, and that's yeah. great. But, like, yeah, mostly it. he's, you know obligingly, like, mm, yeah, you know, he's a little bit nervous or... Not yeah. nervous, what am I talking about? Jesus Christ. No, but I get what you mean. But then, so, like, what I think Jeff Johns was good at was kind of writing him in that team dynamic to an extent. Mm. Like, say what you will about his plotting, all that kind of stuff. He's He's got that snappy, like... He's got that snappy kind of banter down, and he's good at that, like... yeah. Especially in that Justice League one where he was just like, I need to introduce seven characters that you already know. That's fair. Um, and I need to do it quickly and I need to, like, kind of just set up the new, like, status quo for how these are all, you know, going to behave. Um, but then you kind of give him Batman alone and I think he doesn't know what to do with him. Yeah. it. There's so much here... And again, like we said, there's a lot here that is kind of building off... Well, not building off. It's not building off. It's just taking from year one and trying to be like, this is how you do it in a modern setting. That's it. And that's what bugs me about it, is that he takes an element, he takes any element, and he just turns it, like, 45 degrees to the other side, and he's like, yeah, it's changed. And you're like, no, it's still... Yeah, he takes what makes Earth One good. Like, the first thing for me... Sorry, year one. Make, what makes year one good? The first thing I kind of noticed is that Jeff Johns is trying to modernise this in a way by taking out a lot of the inner monologue, mm. which can work, but you've got to really lean on your artist. But sometimes your artist doesn't really hold up the book. And it, when I was reading the opening scene, which is Batman trying to catch a criminal, the, his grapple hook gets jammed and he falls over basically and fucks up a bunch. I think I texted Joe being like, this feels like he could set the Seinfeld theme to it. I can hear it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a fidgety... You are a fidgety, fidgety boy. Fidgeter. You're a fidgety boy this evening. Um... Yes, you did. You said no. You said uh, this is Batman via Jackass. Yeah, 
And it feels like it would open and be like, "Welcome to Jackass, I'm yeah, Bruce yeah, yeah. Wayne." Yeah. And then two days later, you went and you messaged me saying, "I just saw Jackass, and it's funny." <laughs> yeah, no, Jackass abs- Forever, good movie. Absolutely, oh, great movie. Um, absolutely. And then it like it ends with this button of him going, "Ow!" It's like, <laughs> but it's so like, it's taking that like, oh. This is a young Bruce Wayne who doesn't fully know what he's doing, but it's like, oh, it's just too too much of an extreme. Totally. But what I think it... And this is basically what this next this next discussion is going to be, is just us being like, this worked in, in, in year one, doesn't work in Earth one. Yeah. Because what this element is in year one is, the, is Bruce's first um, exploration out at night where he comes across Selina... When he's yeah. got his scar disguise on, yeah, yeah, and it's the um, it's the the balcony fight with the guys, but in that, but there's no context here. There's no context, and there's also no acknowledgement that his actions have consequences. Yeah, what's so good about those last two is like, so when he's fighting, when in year one, when he's Meeting up with Selena here is like he's saying, "I can't do this yet. If I fail here now, I'll ne- my mission will never begin." That's a good point. And then in the in this in the balcony fight, he learns like, "Jesus Christ! If this kid drops, he dies." Yeah, and that's it for me. And, and so he learns he has to learn to like, I have to approach this in a way that I can get, I can achieve my mission. And we see him learn that like here we don't see him. We just see that he learns that his grappling hook sucks. Yeah. We don't see any kind of, like, growth. We don't see any kind of character change. The growth from that is that you get a little Lucius Fox drop in later, where he's like, hey, man, can you build me some better tech? Yeah. And then that guy's never referenced again in the comic. Until the very end when he's like, I think that... He kind of looks at the camera like, I think that guy might be Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> this comic sucks. Yeah, that's... It's so shit. It's, it's really... And it's also, for like it's, it's weird how little of this is being referenced when, in terms of the movie, because so much of this is directly in the yeah, movie. I kind of this got whole that, fucking Thomas Wayne for mayor bullshit. This whole like Alfred as a grizzled old ex ex like military man. Yeah, Alfred in this comic sucks. I hate it. Everyone in this comic sucks, and that's something that I really grappled with because something that. When I was back in uni, back in the days, one of my teachers was like, it doesn't matter if a character isn't likable, as long as they're interesting. Mm. And I was like, reading this, I was like, man, all of these characters fucking suck. Yeah, it's they're not likable, or also boring. Yeah, like, which, which is the main thing, I guess. That's the thing, that's, well, that's like, that's the response to your teacher. Yeah, yeah, true. All right. And, and then, then like, If they're not interesting, then they're boring and suck. Yeah, and th- it feels like there were some elements here which could have been explored and I would have enjoyed it. Like, Bruce Wayne in this is kind of horrible. He's a very snobby, rich boy. He's a brat. He's horrible to Alfred. Uh, he... And they like, hug at the end for no reason. Yeah, but there's there's a bit in there where you see him as a teenager with Selena, I think, or someone. No, it's it's Harvey Dent. Oh, yeah, sister. with Harvey Dent. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. I want to see teenage bratty Bruce Wayne adventures. And the comic's like, great, see ya. Yeah, we'll never touch on this. Yeah, we'll never again. talk about that again. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, every, like, there's element, like, yeah, the Thomas Wayne for mayor, and then also the Martha Arkham, which, jeez, that's a mouthful. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, I'm so sick of this idea that they're like, one's a, 
he's both Wayne and he's an arc. I'm like, plays <sighs> so much importance on family lineage. But that's the thing. That's what drives me so insane. And I think that's what David Mazzucchelli, I'm saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, gets so right in that, like, the whole point of Batman's origin is that it's, he's a victim of circumstance. Yeah. He's not a victim of a pre-plan. Like, so the minute you take the, 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 the incidental out of the circumstance is like that a, yeah. makes him a creature of vengeance, not a creature of justice. Yeah. So his whole core ideal is that he, he was this victim of this random act of violence. And so he creates this impossible mission for himself to make sure that these random acts of violence never happen again. Yeah. And I like, yes, I know that this comic like takes a long time to get to that point, but that's the, like, then it's not an interesting Batman to read for a hundred something pages. Yeah. Because this Batman is a, like, he thinks he's the, the, um, effect of a targeted attack. Yeah. 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 Which makes him, that's a good point. Which makes him that that a creature of vengeance, which is boring as shit. Yeah. And then he kind of gets to the end of the comic and acknowledges that. And he's like, well, I guess I'll just keep being Batman. Yeah, it's it's not like he, like... Because then he gets... Then he finds out... Then Alfred tells him, like, no. he That man wasn't sent to kill your parents. It was yeah. a random act of violence. Yeah. And he shows no growth. Yeah. He shows no, like, well, my mission is more important. It's more just like, I'm, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And then fucking Alfred shoots the penguin! Yeah. Uh, just the whole... By, by the time, ah! at the start of this comic, I was like, my brain was like really chugging, going like, okay, maybe I'm just biased. Maybe Jeff Johns, maybe it's just my hate for him. But by the by the last third of the comic, I was like, none of this is connected. Yeah. Yeah. Where did this big bag-headed dude come from? Oh. Who is he? Oh my goodness. Oh, this. It made me <laughs> so mad. Uh... Yeah. And then also Batman knocks over Alfred. <laughs> like, he's, he's trying to prove to Alfred that he's a good fighter. And he knocks him over by taking off his he's, prosthetic. Yeah, but he's, still, because he's trying to prove... Alfred's like, you're not strong enough, you're not strong enough. What he's trying to make him is like, he's like, fight dirty. And then he does, and Alfred's like, well, maybe he's ready. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like, oh, oh fuck this guy. God, Jesus. Um, it, it also, to... at one point, just really quickly, we're Go talking on. about how dumb. When he gets his new grappling hook, he does a fucking Luke Skywalker and points it, di- looks directly at it. <laughs> That's fine. Don't worry about it. He fully Luke Skywalker's it. Yeah. Okay, so we're probably going to get hung up on small details like this, so I'm yes. going to do it again. The comic starts off with a bat symbol that isn't shrouded in yellow. Yep. It's just a bat symbol. Yep. And then later on... He gets a costume that has a bat symbol that is shrouded in yellow. No, he doesn't. He stays in the... No, no. By the end of the comic, he's got the yellow symbol. Oh, yeah, but that's part of his new... Like, that's when he's like... But it's never explained why. Why didn't he just have that the whole time? Because it's... Like, it's a terrible... um, Comic. Yeah. But no, it's a terrible (laughs) example of, like, he wants to build a better Batman, so therefore he's like... It's... I don't... I don't know, man. Ask them. Like, they did it. They just want to showcase that he's growing, that he's more. They're also just like... What, it's so obvious that they're trying to be like, we're going to reclaim the yellow circle, which Morrison had already done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Effectively, yeah. Batman Incorporated. Yeah. Uh, we might get into that comic at some point in the future. Absolutely. Because that it. whole run rules. Um, 
I don't know, man. I feel like I'm just going to be harping on this book so much, and it probably deserves it. Well, no, because let's talk about more, like, you know, the whole idea of this. The actual this... plot? No, well... Yeah, all right. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, oh, let's try and talk about the plot. Um, the penguin is there. The penguin's there. Bruce thinks that the penguin had his parents killed because when Thomas Wayne died, the penguin became mayor and he hasn't given up. Apparently, he's had the longest mayor... Been the longest running mayor in history, been there for twenty five years. Yeah, it's like, oh, Gotham's so corrupt, man. so corrupt. And then in amongst all that, whereas in year one we have Gordon representing a different aspect, a different point of view to Bruce. Mm. In this one, we have Harvey Bullock turn up oh, to provide yeah. a different point of view to oh, I Gordon. And Gordon in this is horrible. Sucks. And he's corrupt. And he's also corrupt. He's corrupt and he's completely lost. He's completely disillusioned in a really boring way. And, and I think that's what, like, again, the, again, just just doing the comparison thing of, like, whereas in year one, Gordon fails on a moral level because of... Infidelity. Infi- like, he, he cheats on his wife and it's a human failing. Yeah. And you feel bad. And you feel bad. And that is how he has internalized and then externalized his stresses. Yeah. In this one, he shuts down and he turns into the system that he hates. And I, it's just not... I can... I every see the, the annoying thing about this is everything they did, I can see and I can be like, yes, I know why you yeah, did that. that's what I mean when I... I know that you wanted... Test it. I know you wanted to try and show me beaten by the system Gordon yeah but I don't think that's how you do it yeah I think you show a man who's just like who's still yeah it's just not it ain't it yeah and then there's just so many other little characters thrown in here for the sake of it like Barbara is here his daughter doing nothing yeah as a plot device getting kidnapped getting kidnapped having a like quite traumatic experience and coming out of it being like I'm gonna be Batgirl what if I'm Batgirl though that that made my brain just smooth over. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough. Um, oh. Yeah, who else? Yeah, Harvey Dent. No, sorry, Harvey Bullock is in here, but he's like a Hollywood. He's like a Hollywood detective. cop that also gets broken by the system and turns to booze. Oh, he goes he goes hard, but he goes, like goes crazy. It, it doesn't really make sense. Um, Don't worry about it. The, uh, I just wrote the story tries to do too much because it does. Yeah. There's a lot in here, and then all of a sudden it makes some big jumps, and you're just like, why, why, I don't know where we are. And then in amongst all of it, what I think is the dumbest <laughs> of things. Mm. Also, sorry to anyone who's still listening to this point, because this is like this... We're, we're running over a little bit, but... No, but, like, you know, but year one was this like intelligent conversation. This is just like... <laughs> this comic is, this comic is fart. Um... <laughs> So we see a little flashback to Harvey Dent and Harvey Dent's sister hanging out with Bruce, mm. and they notice that Arkham has rust on it. Oh man, this plotline! And then sucks. later, later in the comic, something has rust on it. And uh, Batman, and the world's Bat- greatest the detective, world's greatest detective, <laughs> sees that rust He's and like, says, "Rust." Arkham! <laughs> he says, Rust, dot, 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 Arkham. And the dialogue is so like this throughout the comic as well. There's a bit where 
so they're fighting Batman and he his cape gets tangled or something or or they notice it and they're like a oh, cape birthday boy says a cape and then batman says a weapon and i was like get the fuck out of here but that's the thing that's this like you don't be afraid of the character yeah don't try like you don't need to tell me like who was i oh, i heard something recently that someone was describing um I think drawing or someone was just trying to creating a character like like a superhero character, mm. and they were just saying like it doesn't work until you put the cape on them, mm. like on a purely iconography like iconographic level. Yeah. What when without the cape it looks strained. With the cape you're like it just works. Yeah, fair enough. You don't need to explain the cape to us. Yeah. I get it. I'm already on board. I bought the comic. Yeah, I like Batman. I like Batman. Yeah. You don't have to try and justify it to me. If you're embarrassed that your character is wearing a cape and has done for, let me just check my watch here, 80 years, <laughs> then that's your fucking issue. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I didn't think we were going to get this riled. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bad comic. And it, like, it... And there are two sequels. This book did well enough, apparently, that there are two sequels to this that mm. are kind of set up in this comic, and it just... It feels so MCU in the worst way. Yeah. Oh. Every every one of the... Cause I think I've read the second one, but I've never read the third one. This, this So this one finishes, and it teases the Riddler. Um, who we all saw in... The Batman in a really dynamic, kind oh. of multifaceted performance. Yes. It was so bad. Um, oh, it was. There's nothing there. He scratched the surface and anyway. went... Anyway. And, and he looked at it and he went, yeah, that, that, that looks good. I'm like, you don't want to go any deeper? And he's like, no, I think I found it. I think anyway. Got it. He's crazy. I'm like, oh, cool. That's one. Sounds awesome. Um, yeah, and then so this one ends with a, with a Riddler tease. And then, I think the second one ends with a Catwoman tease. Oh boy! And I'm sure the third one ends with a Joker tease. So I swear to God, if I see another Joker, my goodness! I, yeah, a character that I'm perfectly fine to leave in the background of anything he's ever in. Let's never do it. Let's never do the Joker. Let's never do the Joker. That's twisted. He'd love that. He'd love that we'd never do it. So. After chewing on this comic quite a bit, I think we can almost definitively say that you should not read this unless you want to know what bad comics look like. And also, I feel we haven't really talked a lot about Gary Frank, the artist. He is a technically good artist, but a lot of his facial acting in here is bad. But it's also very of the time. Yeah. Like, it's also a very DC thing. DC love their, like, especially in their, like, um, expanded or prestige format comics. Mm. They love getting really technical and they get love getting really, really, like, like, um... Very high detailed. High detailed, very art. facially, uh recognisable kind of art. Yeah, like these characters were built-up actors. Yeah, like, like Rags Morales. Morales does it for... Um, Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis. crisis. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of these... Uh, <laughs> a lot of these characters look like 
Gary Frank when he was trying to draw Superman like Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Big time. Yeah. It's weird. Um, I'm just trying to think of more plot stuff. Basically, Barbara gets kidnapped. Barbara is not a character in this. No, she gets kidnapped and then... Oh, yeah, his Harvey Dent and Gordon go and beat up a guy with a crowbar and a yeah. thing. I don't think we need to talk about it too much more. I just want to show you that really quickly. Rust. Ah, <gasps> oh, Um This, yeah. But I just, like... You had a good note about what this comic does to Gordon's wife. Oh, she never appears in it. She never appears in it. <laughs> She's still influencing him in an attempt to humanize this despicable gordon <laughs> they give him a line where he says my wife died years ago and that's why i just can't believe in anything anymore well she was killed yeah. she was killed by the penguin <sighs> because he was getting too close to the case oh, oh. goodness me i know that's what i'm saying like you know then like just Bit again. Pal. <laughs> but even like in year one gordon has his baby kidnapped and that doesn't change him to this like you know he's then immediately saved by bruce but you know yeah no i know what you mean nothing like you kind of need gordon to be a an unflappable statue of of morality yeah he's the hero that can work within the system yeah you need it and i think that's like (sighs) hmm I just think, yeah, like I, like we said, like everything that this one does, I understand why it seemed like a good instinct to do, but it just, it comes across as pointless re-jigging of characters that have always worked Yeah. in an attempt to, it comes across as like a cold attempt to sell comics. Yeah, and it almost twists, like when we say that these characters should be malleable, it's almost like Jeff Johns is like, oh, th- I'm doing a different take on this character, but you're not selling it. No. And the it, take, yeah, it's the a very surface level of trying to restructure these characters. That's what I said, yeah. It's like he, po- he pointed it 10 degrees away from where it yeah. originally was, and he's like, it's a completely new character. And you're like, <laughs> okay. Sure. Sure, Jeff. Uh, yeah, all right, Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say with like I don't think we really need to waste more time on this on this comic trash comic oh man the villain is weird his name is birthday boy and he's this big serial killer and, and he kind of comes out of nowhere comes out of nowhere and apparently he's like killed so many they tell us they yeah it's another thing like it'd be interesting to kind of look at like at what point Batman's villains became serial killers. Yeah. It feels very like it's coming off Christopher Nolan a little bit. Yeah. Like, it's it's that attempt to distance Batman away. It, it is kind of that I'm ashamed of superheroes kind of thing. Mm. It's like, Batman's cool because he can work in the real world. It's like, yeah, not really, though. But I think that's what's... So, and again, I, this might be a case of, um, you know, take, like lessons taken the wrong way yeah because again if you watch everyone always says like Nolan's Batman's so dark and gritty you watch Batman Begins and it is super goofy yeah and like that Batman's kind of funny as well yeah he cracks jokes and at the end of it he fly like he literally like flies out of a 
of a train. Yeah. And, like, it's super, like, it's so funny that it always gets pegged with this. And I know, like, The Dark Knight is then, you know, a little grittier and a little more kind of quote-unquote grounded. But even that has, like, these huge leaps in logic that you just, the movie's just like, yeah, just go with it. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And absolutely. It's, it's not, yeah. It, it, is, it, it just feels like, like it, that time where superheroes were entering the mainstream again and everyone was like, oh, we got to make this as serious as possible. Well, totally. not as serious, but I, think, but... I think the difference is, like, what some people are able to do is examine it and what other people do are embarrassed by it. Yeah. And there's a difference. I think that's the key thing to take away from this. What I think Year One does so well is it examines Bruce yeah. to an extent and examines, like... A man who decides it shows that like that his only way to achieve his mission is to adopt this personality yeah and this one is just like he's batman for some reason yeah to the point where even his butler who's usually like a little bit skeptical by the end of this comic is like all right you're done with this now right no more batman because I just had to fucking shoot a man <laughs> yeah. to save your life because you got stabbed by an umbrella because you suck. Yeah. <sighs> oh, anyway, so, I actually think this is a good opportunity because I, I think my two perfect panels... Um, oh, yeah. Segway into perfect panel. ...are actually Beautiful. really like indicative of everything I don't like about... Everything I do like and everything I don't like about um, these comics. Mm-hmm. So. Go off. This is my one perfect panel from year one. Mm, yeah, I was gonna put that in. Yeah, it's fantastic. We'll put it on. We'll put it on Instagram. Mama but it mia. is this unbelievably it's understated. It is understated as well. Because look at look at its position on the page. Yeah, it is one of eight. Eight. This no. is a shot of Batman leaping off a rooftop. The everything is silhouetted except the sky. You can just see the bat wings. You can Ugh. see the paint brushes. Mazzucchi, Kelly, absolutely the... shredding it and telling us how to do superhero oh, The the night sky is literally punctuated with the texture of paint strokes. Yeah, and he's running along the edge, and he's he looks like a bat, but you can still tell that it's a man, and it's just a Batman. I'm genuinely like considering trying to isolate this and making it into like some sort of That's canvas beautiful. print because I think it, I think it is so gorgeous. Yeah, and by comparison. This is my quote-unquote one perfect panel from year one. And it's that. It's them trying to do it. And it doesn't work. Yeah. So this is a full page spread of a, sh- of a Batman shrouded in darkness. I think I screenshotted that also. And it's, it's him against the... Like, I like the cityscape and I like this idea that, you know, Gotham is this kind of constantly lit up city that's so hard to find darkness. But, you know, it doesn't get into... it's. Batman shrouded in darkness and his cape's going everywhere and it's just it just but it left me feeling so cold whereas that other one just mm. like and it's also it's the audacity of making it a full page yeah. versus the understated of just like this is an element in the story this is you know it's just a person but it's taking up so it, it's, it's not the artist it being like check this out yeah it genuinely like gives me chills yeah I love it so much anyway those were my one perfect panels. Rowan? My perfect panels are a little bit goofier. Hell yeah. Goof on. Um, At least Goof for off. Earth One. Mm-hmm. I would say... Actually, yeah. My one perfect panel from Year One is this. 
which proves that year one... Sorry, from year one. Mm-hmm. It proves that Frank Miller can be funny. This comic is pretty funny sometimes. It's where Batman saves a cat. One he of does. Catwoman's cats in the building and he's falling under the down. Stairs. Yeah, he's just hanging out. That's what's so funny. Like, like there are quiet moments like this where they're like, "Yeah, this is still a young Batman." Like, it's still a man who has to hide. Tr- under literally the saving a cat. Yeah, it's so and like it's so funny that the man who wrote that scene writes this whole like Batman's never funny thing. Yeah, and then my. <laughs> Notable panel from Earth One. Oh, just a notable panel. <laughs> My one perfect panel. Kind of two parts of a page. Is this bit where I, I feel like we're trying to humanise Jim Gordon. This despicable Jim Gordon. Where he's rubbing his eyes under his glasses. And I when I, <laughs> when I read that, every time I rub my eyes after, under my glasses, it's not because I'm sad or wiping away my tears. It's more of a moment of, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> And it's at a funeral in this, and I read that, and I was like, Jesus, <laughs> like, fuck, man, show some emotion. <laughs> he's so despicable. You can also tell he's haggard because he has a little bit more stubble on his chin. Mm. That's how you know, Rowan. When you Anyway. Um, so... That's Batman. That's everything that anyone could ever say about Batman. We ran a little bit long on that one, but I think it's okay. Oh, I think we... I think we... That's perfect. Perfect yeah. length. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah. If you're still listening. Yeah, oh, bless you. Yeah. Love God, you. Love you. Um, Coming so... up next, we're, we're trying to toss up. We're thinking either X-Men. I have a plan. Oh, you got a plan? You yeah. can tell me off mic. No, I, I'm going to shoot off right here. Hell yeah. Throw, throw me that plan. So, we've done with DC. As you might have guessed, we're moving on to the big old Marvel Comics Okay. <laughs> Let me enunciate that, that was, for yeah, everyone. That was, yeah, that was a good one. Um, so, yeah, I, I, when I was trying to do some research as to what characters could be kind of the opposites of the big three of the DC, I found that I think Marvel is more successful and popular in their group mm. associations. It's, yeah, when it comes to the comics, absolutely. Yeah, and in the wider perception, I think, yeah. uh, with the exception of Spider-Man. Which we might do again. I don't know. Well, we, we will. We will. Okay. Um, but what Maybe I'm thinking... Maybe in a different miniseries, though. Maybe we'll we, be li- we do them in a different series. Yeah, we, we won't do them right now. Yeah. Um, we'll be looking at Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. the original Marvel comic, the world's greatest comic. Yeah. Um, Marvel's first family. That's it. FF. Uh, the Avengers. Yep. Uh, a team in which one of my good friends described them to me as uh, the Elon Musk group. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, my I think I hate your friend. <laughs> it's Gene. Hi, Gene. <laughs> Shout out, Gene. Uh, and uh, the third and the the best team in superhero comics, the Uncanny X Men. Yes. Oh, I love wait. them wacky mutants. So stay tuned. I'll release a cool little poster. Yeah, we detailing. have to. Do we still have to talk about like what runs we're doing, or do you know? We don't know yet. Yeah, oh, great. <laughs> you guys will know. <laughs> Because that will be in six weeks from now. <laughs> hey, all right. Hope everything's all right uh, in Sydney and the world. Yeah. It, hopefully it doesn't. maybe stops raining soon. Who knows? Maybe. I hope so. Anyway. Anyway, do you want to shout us out on some socials, maybe? Yeah. Uh, as per usual, you can find this podcast. We'll be on Instagram. Uh, I'm assuming at Pressing Issues Pod. I haven't made it yet. 
<laughs> there will be a description. Description will have all this details, but I'm just repeating it for you. There'll be a Twitter account. No, there is a Twitter account. There is a Twitter account, which is Press N Issues Pod. Subject to change. <laughs> uh, me, personally, you can find me on Twitter at Rowan underscore Grover. Uh, on Instagram at Rowan K Grover. And Joe me, Brown. you cannot find me anywhere. Is a ghost. Mm. He doesn't exist. <gasps> That was the extent of us uh, becoming unhinged when, <laughs> when, when Dad's away, when Cohen's away. Uh, shout out to Cohen de Groot. Yes, he wasn't on one zeros, but he did um, press record and leave, which I guess is... That's, I guess, that's producing, baby. That's producing, baby. Um, yeah, thank you so much good. for listening, um, and I guess we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. We Bye, love everyone. You. We love you. Bye, everyone. We love you.